0: Broadcasting from inside the stash, I'm Jenny, I'm Nicole, and this is Stash and Burr. Hello! Hello! Hey Jenny! <laughs> We're He's back! A... Before months have passed. <laughs> uh, we have been on some yarny adventures that we wanted to share before, like while it was all still really fresh in our minds. Um, yeah. So last weekend we took a trip up to
1: Napa to do a cool colors dying workshop that was hosted by Brooke and
0: what's Brooke's last name again? Brooke Signs.
1: Brooke Signs and
0: Kira K. Uh, Kira Delaney, who's Kira K. It's
1: okay. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know anyone's last name.
0: Uh, Sorry guys. Not required. But anyway, it was amazing. It
1: was totally awesome.
0: Like I um, I was trying to describe it to people who don't have anything to do with yarn or any of these processes, and they, they were very supportive, but <laughs> it was really kind of hard to convey how cool, how cool it, was. it was. It really was amazing. Yeah.
1: I mean, they had really set it up um, to be a success no matter what. I right. mean, Brooke had prepped all the fiber and the yarn. You know, she prepped all the yarn and... She had pre-dyed different shades of indigo so that we could get more different colors by dipping in other shades. And other
0: dyes. So we had these various indigo dyed and natural dye, just natural yarn that was then dipped in weld, which is my new obsession Weld is um, a green leafy plant that, when extracted for dye, is literally like that, that highlighter yellow that we've been obsessed with. Like, this comes from nature. The reason there's an acid dye that dyes fluorescent yellow is because someone discovered that in nature already. I mean, it was astonishing to me. Um, and then marigold, which is. Yeah, yeah she just
1: made a tea. We strained the tea and then dipped the. The yarn in, and it. it made the most beautiful golden yellow color, and then like saffrony off some greens. And then we, they, I think, um, they ground up the cochineal for us and like kind of mixed it into like a concentrate. And then we dipped the indigo yarn into the cochineal bath, which made all sorts of different purples. Um, and so yeah, it was. I just felt it was so peaceful mm-hmm. were outside. It wasn't too hot. I felt kind of like a mad scientist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I last summer had done some dyeing and not of yarn. I'm a little nervous about dyeing yarn um, in part because if it goes wrong, like if you felt that yarn, like it's all lost, right? Like, right. Um, so I've been dyeing on cotton and linen which gives you a a slightly damped down version of what you would get on a protein fiber, but still really amazing. I don't remember if I talked about this before on the podcast, but last summer I grew an orchard of marigolds in my front yard. I was literally out there every day deadheading like 20 to 50 marigolds and um was able to then actually when you know some of my marigold dyeing on cotton i did a hundred percent weight of goods wow i think you could do far less with a protein fiber right but i really wanted to try to get colors into really maximize the color um for a cotton or a linen a cellulose based fiber um so i did that i have um I dyed some yardage, and I didn't ultimately love the yellow that it came out. It It was gorgeous. It's very buttery, but not a color that I would wear a lot. So I then did an iron dip and got a really lovely taupe. It might seem like wow, you dyed something a natural color. <laughs> it looks very much like something that you might be able to get out of growing it this color, right? But it it was a neat experiment to see like what, how chemistry, like literally, it's like a chemical process. Changing yeah, plus, it.
1: like you you went from white to yellow to taupe, and
0: then, I then mean I, just
1: by right. like changing um, one factor, the right. chemical bath. So. It's pretty awesome
0: it's pretty amazing and then I um I did an eco print on um some linen yeah, this is just straight that's up linen, so beautiful I think. and um I took marigolds and smashed them into the fiber so I would put the marigold actually you can see in places like here's where the you can see a place where it's the not the flower but the, the stem the stem part yeah and um I wrapped it around I believe um used a PVC pipe Mm -hmm. and crushed it sort of like just the flowers were really crushed down. If you just roll them into the fabric Mm -hmm. and, um, it left it, the, a pattern and some, you can see. And then did you like soak it in? Then you boil boil it basically for for a number of hours. I let it kind of sit in hot water over a course of time. Um, I did not take any notes on it, so I could not replicate this, but I think, um, not exactly, but I'm sure we could, get a similar process going and you can really see the outlines of the blossoms or the flowers. And then here's some where I just took petals and scattered them. I think that's pretty cool. You can actually see the veins of the petals. And these are here. mm -hmm, These are fresh flowers that I did this with. Um, And I harvested a lot from last year. So I have a, a big jar and I tried to plant from seed this year and just uh did not have the competency for that. I threw some seeds in, some starts came up, and then I forgot to water them and all was lost. So I went <laughs> I went to the hardware store and bought some marigolds and planted them. And they really they're so prolific, even this late in the season. Uh every day I can get. I just I think I bought a dozen plants, and I think every day I get four to ten blooms that I can I can harvest. So we are hoping to do some more dye experiments. I have also been experimenting with Indigo, which has been...
1: <laughs> a summer-long
2: A summer-long uh,
0: like, um, uh, struggle, but I also think I'm overthinking it. I think what I've been doing is hoping for this perfect thing that I don't even know what it is. So anything I produce looks like the wrong thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so today I just gave in... It looked... Good enough, and I did some dyeing of again uh, yardage. Um, I want to make a quilt, and so I've been using as my guide the Modern Natural Dyer uh, Christine Behar's book, and I have a couple other books. I have Harvesting Color by Rebecca Burgess, and I also have the Dyer's Garden, which is a more of a planting book. And um, I'm combin. I'm using a combination of the information that I'm getting from all sources to. to do all the dyeing, but the, I'm using Christine's sort of guidance on indigo. And in addition to the book, she has an indigo, dine with indigo class on creative bug. So if you're on creative bug, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, the information, the the method she gives on the creative bug class differs somewhat from what's in the book. Um So it's worth trying both, maybe. I was following the book, and then I watched the class. I was like, wait a minute. She says to add lye instead of um, soda well, ash. Well, Brooke was
1: doing an indigo dyeing workshop the following day after our workshop, so she had all these different indigo vats already going. And, you know, she had, like, the fructose one mm-hmm. and the,
0: the other one. one. <laughs>
1: there were, like, three different ones. There were
0: three different ones. And there's um, I know there's one that you can do um, by starting it with henna.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways, I think, to get to a similar result.
0: Well, and I was at Dharma Trading Company in San Rafael and asked them, because they sell these indigo dyeing kits, Mm -hmm. and I asked what the difference was. And they basically said, it's just they use a different set of chemicals than the chemicals I was using. Mm -hmm. So she said, I don't think it's going to give you a different result. Like she kind of was saying, keep trying with what you have. I feel better about my results from today than I have like all summer and I think part of it was the confidence I got from looking at like literally like looking at Brooks bats and this thing thinking, oh, wait, that's not that different from what I'm doing. It's like then,
1: a giant garbage pail oh God, full one. of that.
0: And then she has these um Stainless steel cauldrons Cauldrons. I mean, literally, they're cauldrons. Yeah. I don't know what they are, like 60 gallons or something. I don't know. <laughs> but they're amazing. I was a little envious. <laughs> my little, like, what is mine, probably holds like five gallons. I thought, oh, this is a big pot. No, it is not a big pot. Yeah. Um, It was very inspiring when you walk away from this workshop with 14 skeins of yarn. Or in my case. Oh, or- yes. Or in Jenny's case, more. So Jenny, why don't you tell us us about you? Well, at the
1: very end, you know, it's kind of uh, a free-for-all of looking at Brooke's yarn that she's already done. (laughs) So um, we were talking about what we were going to make with all of our different mini skeins of yarn, and I had all these ideas, and I was going to make like a, you know, syncopated brioche kind of wrap thing, and then... I was like, no, but these quantities are really enough to make a sweater. And then...
0: Because in the end, 14 mini skeins ends up being like... Like 16 or something?
1: uh, Close to 17, I think. Um, But I wanted a little more different contrasts. Um, So I ended up buying a few, like... Five more mini skeins of different colors.
0: Uh, including two of the skeins that we dyed in the class that we had samples of but we didn't get a full mini skein of. Right. I look over and Jenny's standing next to the drying rack with her hands like reaching out for these <laughs> two skeins. It was the marigold skein and the weld. And the weld. And she's just like, so <laughs> could I- skeins and everybody's like oh wait a minute and then uh uh our friend dagmar who was also taking the class was like wait oh i can buy one of these and she bought the cochineal one i was like okay (laughs) Uh,
1: so greedy
0: dagmar and there's the look on jenny's face i told her i i feel like matilda gives her this look like oh can i get these doc mcstuffins stickers um, so here's my palette. Which is basically every color yeah. is represented here yeah. in a cool tone. Although I'd say the marigold and the the marigold is definitely warm. And then yeah. you got, what else did you get? Well, you, you I got, got
1: some of the, I got some warmer tones um, with, you know, to make some contrast. And that was so already So all these in a purples set. and pinks. Yeah, this was already in a set that she had batched together. And
0: um, are you still thinking about the syncopated brioche?
1: Yeah, I've been looking for a fingering weight brioche sweater that I could kind of use as a
0: template. Mm.
1: Um, Shockingly enough, there really aren't that many... So I think I might have to, like, delve into my Nancy Marchant book. I was
0: going to say, nothing in the Nancy Marchant book. No,
1: I'm... Well, she uses mostly worsted weights. Like, she Does, uses a I lot of Cascade two like, twenty. You believe
0: you could do... Um, I mean, she lives... Didn't she live in Norway or something, doesn't she? I think Amsterdam. Yeah, just, like, someplace where, I guess, a brioche, worsted waist brioche sweater might make sense.
1: Yeah, so I might have to just gauge, swatch, and then use the the guides for increasing and decreasing brioche in her books to kind of mm-hmm. make a top-down thing. The increases and decreases she uses are so cool. Yeah. I mean, it looks pretty cool if you can do it right. So I think there's going to be a lot of swatching in my future mm-hmm. to make sure I can do it right.
0: So with the idea of using, like, doing a find-your-fade brioche alternating
1: yeah yeah that's totally kind of what i'm going after but i can't decide if i want to make it all gradual or intersperse some of these brights into um because we have a lot of greens we have a lot of blues we have mm-hmm. a lot of purples if i should i mix them all up um and put these pops of weld and marigold and the orange and as pinks the, in as, the, as a contrast as
0: a contrast
1: um Or Mm -hmm. should I make it all graduated and tonal?
0: Interesting. So Kira posted a photo of her yarns when she bought them up and mixed them up. I think it might help you to look at them in different configurations Mm -hmm. because um, it's hard. Like I kept looking at my yarn in their color families, right? Mm -hmm. So I would put all the greens together all the blues together, you know, the bluer ones, purple ones. And I was looking at it that way. And when I saw her mix them up, I was like, Ooh, that's, you can do it. It Mm -hmm. actually is super fun in that, in a different configuration.
1: I mean, honestly, that's, this sweater is going to take me like a year at least. Well, uh, given my history, I'll probably start it, make the yoke, put it down for a couple of years, pick it back (laughs) up in the future, take a long time to figure out what I was doing and then finish it.
0: Um, well, but you, I mean, a way around the length of time it could take is you could double up. Uh,
1: no, I don't want to double. You not want
0: to do, okay. It'll be too, like, it's, brioche turns into you're such right. a
1: fluffy fabric that, right. like, it's... it would be, like, super thick and hot, I think.
0: So here's my other idea for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're going to do a brioche, what about a blanket? Mm. Because then you can pick it up and put it down. Mm-hmm. And there's not too I, much to remember. There's not too much to remember. I think you're going to use that more than you would wear a brioche sweater. sweater that took you five years to make.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Yeah. And I, I think that the constant color shifting would keep your interest.
0: Mm-hmm. And then I think you could do more shifting. Yeah. Right. Then you can almost not even swatch and just kind of like... See, oh, what does this combination look like? Okay, now I'm gonna switch. What is this combination? Or like say you picked a purple to be the foreground, Uh and then you did weld for ten rows, and then you did the weld and the blue and the Saxon blue for ten rows. Like you could just go through it that way, have the gradient kind of work in the background. And if you didn't like that, you just switch. Like it's really gonna be a crazy thing anyway, that you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to plan out completely just because of the amount of yarn. Like, right, and you're yeah. never going to be able to, like, be like, oh, it turns out I didn't like that color combination six inches back, and you're not going to rip it out. Yeah. But if it's a blanket, you'll be like, this is a cool, funky blanket. Yeah. That it'll get used. Yeah. It's Cormo yarn, too. And it means that I will need more of the oh, yarn. No. <laughs> warm colors class, warm colors class. I, I like already. the way you think, Nicole. <laughs> Unfortunately, she the warm colors <laughs> class we couldn't go to is this weekend because we're both going to be out of town. It's kind of a bummer, but uh, she is doing a gradients class in the fall, and another indigo class in the mm-hmm.
1: fall.
0: You could also we could get naturally colored the natural color yarn from her and dye it ourselves. Yeah. Why didn't we buy her, know, her she, yarn? Well, she, she had some gems that she said, oh, would you, you guys want to of this off this gems cone? And then we got distracted looking at some of her yarn and did not. Uh,
1: I wonder d- if she would have sold us her pre-mordanted yarn. I don't know.
0: That would be. <laughs> I guess yes, that's honestly, cheating. <laughs> but, you know, the point that I think is, should be well taken here is it is a lot of work. work. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, just this week at this week when I've gotten back, I decided to I had stuff that I think I scoured, I don't think I mordanted, and I decided to start over again so uh-huh. i and I um I garbage picked this little um like a little... Dresser like a plastic dresser that people buy. It. You know, everybody has them. Mm-hmm. But it has slightly it has deeper drawers. Mm-hmm. And now I have a drawer that says scoured, and mm-hmm. a drawer that says scoured and mordant, and and then maybe then I'll have one that's like nothing. Right. <laughs> so I know what's has been processed to right. what point because I had a bunch of stuff in a pile that I think I washed, but I don't think I washed it in the way that I should have, which is with soda ash with like a really good detergent process. Um, for an extended period of time. So I did a big scour where I discovered my washing machine has a soak mode and it agitates for maybe three minutes and then lets it soak. And then so I just kept kind of rewinding it for the agitation. And then I put it on a long cycle. So it washed for about an hour in hot water. And I did a, a low water setting and added water from my kettle. So I boiled some, you know, heated up some water and added it to the washing machine to really scour it. So I think I did it right this time. And then I mordanted, mordanted, that is a hard word to say, a little bit at a time because part of mordanting is to let it kind of float free in the water and not have to fight for water space. Mm -hmm. Suddenly... I like, and you need a lot of mordant, and I didn't have very much. So I went to the pickling store, because, of course, there's a pickling store in my neighborhood.
1: That took over the yarn store,
0: right? No, it's a no. few doors down. Okay. I was like... like it took over the gelato <laughs> store, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what, what became of Article Price? What's in there now? Uh, um, men's uh, American Denim Store, Standard mm, and Strange. Okay. Is, I don't know if they came over from San Francisco or not. But um, they used to be in Tennescale Alley, and now they're out on Telegraph. But no, I went to the pickling store and bought alum to Mordant with because it's something we use in pickling. Um, and when I showed, I called to see if they had it. And they're like, yes. And when I showed up to buy it, I was like, so what are you going to use this for? And she immediately understood like how it would be useful. More than I understood I was like, oh, clearly the chemistry of pickling has some sort of relationship to the chemistry of dying. Um, I can't remember what she said, but I was like, yes, that's exactly what it's supposed to do. <laughs> Um, so, um, I'm excited. Um, as I as I got last summer about dying, I think part of what was so appealing about Brooke's whole setup was she has this space behind her house that's permanently set up that way. Um, I don't think I can take over any more, any of the space in our garage. I really feel like that belongs to John and Adrian. So, um, what I have been doing is sort of pulling everything out into my backyard and setting up a sun umbrella. And I think that's just for the time being, cause so I'm not going to ever do this on a production level. Um, because I saw how much work it, it really is. Like when we had, she 14, has extra
1: washing machines and, and like,
0: then you know when we had 14 times three, we had 42 skeins that we were soaking in these big vats, not the 60 gallon one, but maybe like a 20 gallon vat or a 30 gallon one. They were heavy. Like you lift yeah. those out and they're filled with water and it's like half of the water comes up with it. Yeah. And Brooke was saying, she's like, I'm so strong now. I'm like, my back muscles are really strong. My arms are really strong. Um, and you can really see that it is a lot of work. I, I said to Jenny at the time, like I would never think now, like I would never complain about a $29 skein of yarn just because it seems rude. Mm-hmm. But like now I really understand like why it's worth it the $29 like yeah um when you see all of the the care and the prep that goes into it because it's not just like going out and immediately being like woohoo and changing colors of things like when I've done acid dyeing it's a little bit of work at the beginning you do to do some prepping but it just it's not quite to that level right And so if you're doing it on a production scale, like it's kind of a bummer. She can't buy it pre-mordanted and pre-scoured for her, right? Right. Um, That would make
1: less. But she also gets the yarn spun to her specifications from the mill. So Mm -hmm. it's nice to have that kind of control over the.
0: Absolutely. And it's a great, this Cormo base is fantastic. Um, Have you used it? Is this it? This is it. So I've already started using a little bit of the yarn. I, okay. So this, this episode should be called eating my pearls or something because (laughs) last episode, I was like, I don't wear shawls and these big shawls, I don't even know they're asymmetrical. How do you wear them? And what am I, what was like the next thing I did? I decided to cast, make, on a shawl. cast on a giant shawl. <laughs> um, so this is, um, it was a mystery shawl by Lisa Hannis, And um, we
1: have had a sale recently,
0: had a sale recently. And I discovered this, maybe that's why it was in the top of like hot. Now her stuff was, and this is called the, the title of the pattern. Now is take it all. And it is uh, one main color with eight contrast colors. And her version and a few other versions are these like uh, a very nice neutral with these wild colors. And it made me think about some Koi Goo that I purchased when the aforementioned uh, article pract went out of business. I bought a bunch of wacky colors of Koi Goo, including a fluorescent pink and a fluorescent yellow and this bright tomato red and um, like a sunny, yolky, orangey yellow um, so I had those four colors I also had this gray that is um, plucky um, primo fingering and I saw a few versions where they used white in it and I don't usually use white in my knitting so I thought it would be fun to try it and I had um, that alpaca, I think it's ultra alpaca by yeah, Barocco, Barocco. that's uh, 50-50 alpaca Wool. So, um, but then I wanted these other, I, it needed a couple other colors that, because you need eight contrast colors, and I had five that I really liked. And I went out to look for unicorn tails. I uh, went to Verve and looked at the unicorn tails, they didn't have very many. And I literally, while I was there, I was like, wait a minute, next weekend Jenny and I are taking that dye class. <laughs> Maybe I'll get some colors out of that dye class. And lo and behold, I did. Ta-da! So I have this great. Blue. This is the straight-up Saxon blue blue that we got a skein of. And then um, I'm going to use, I think, a Saxon blue and weld combination, which is this nice, bright green. And I'm going to use one of the purples, but I don't know which one. There's four different There's four different purples. There's a logwood, and then there are three that were made with cochineal. And I think it's definitely going to be one of the cochineal ones. It's either going to be the lightest cochineal, the lightest one, or the medium one. So I, I don't have it right with me, but I will. Jenny and I will deliberately, deliberate later about which one might be best. Um, but I'm excited to be able to use something directly in there. And I'm going to have yarn left over. These don't take very – it's probably going to use like 50 yards, so I'll still have – a lot of the skein left so i don't know what my ultimate plan is maybe you can
1: brioche along with me
0: i don't see that happening (laughs) i don't know why i didn't know like i like the look of maybe i need to try brioche and see like if it's uh if i get addicted to it
1: the two color brioche effect is really cool i have to say um yeah Uh, In that buy one, get one, sell, Mm -hmm. um, I got the Fallen Cloud shawl, Mm -hmm. which it has cables and lace, um, and it's Mm. the asymmetrical triangle. But it's, you know, you don't often find shawls with cables, cable detailing, so I thought
0: that was unique. And what is it uh, asked to be knit in? What is the Um, uh, pattern written for? It is written for
1: a worsted. Mm. 600 yards of a worsted. Hmm. Um, and I have two skeins of um, Tannis Fiber Arts and a speckled. What? <laughs> um, DK weight, which I think would work. Because it doesn't have to be this big. Um, and then I got the same take it all shawl. Mm-hmm. And I got Silver Leaf, which is garter stitch with some eyelets and a lace leaf pattern on one side. I am a sucker. (laughs) And then another brioche shawl variation. Um, Oh,
0: I like that. And this one has a
1: syncopated brioche. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get to have both, um, you know, colors featured on the same side.
0: What is, what, uh, how is that knit? Like, what's the.
1: I think it's the kind of the same construction where it's a double increase. On one, Well, it's like an increase every row on one side and a decrease every other row on the other side mm-hmm. um, to create an asymmetrical triangle.
0: So I'm wondering if you could do use that as a base for a blanket. Hmm. I don't know how that would work. Exactly.
1: You know, I might just go straight up rectangle for, for the blanket. Mm-hmm. Because the increasing and decreasing on the edges of my shawl that I'm making right now, the flyaway twist... Um, it just it doesn't look. It looks
0: a little messy. Mm, okay, well, um, you showed me that. Yeah,
1: so I think way. I would just like to do a selvage stitch on the edge, and um,
0: make it a little neater looking. Yeah, I am um, also bought from her the I think it was her newest pattern. Called liquid gold. Yeah, it's um, pretty, and I think uh, I, it's a band. And it's shown bandana style, so I was already thinking about joining it and making mm-hmm. it into a cowl. Um, there are some other ideas for this yarn. I am um, Kira has some of her designs.
1: Oh, her Garter slip stitch
0: cowl. Yes, that's really the beautiful. One that I really. Liked and I'm the name is escaping me. Although her name, her naming is usually pretty straightforward. Um, uh, let's see, if I search
1: her. Yeah, but that is another way to kind of bring different yarns to the forefront, um, and just by switching what yarn is in the forefront, you. You really kind of change the look of the color. Let's
0: see, that's interesting because I recently bought a shawl. Is it this one? Is that it? Gridwork, Gridwork. cowl. So it, it uses, uh, yeah, it uses just a slip stitch, and, a slip and just sh- column of stockinette with
1: garter mm-hmm. in between
0: garter stripes. And it is knit for fingering weight yarn. So I definitely think I will try this. And um, I recently got another pattern that uses a similar effect, actually, um, that I was thinking about using for the local Color Fiber Studios uh, yarn that I got at uh, Black Sheep Gathering. Um, my library. I just had a name that I could not remember. There's liquid gold. It's called or Espillard. Espillade? Espillade. It's a form of pruning. Yeah, it makes the
1: trees that have like the branches that are, that go up against a vertical wall.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's a similar idea where it's garter stitch and then a slip stitch, but she actually has a, a design in here interesting it just sort of looks like blooms going up the, the wall and then it is uh alternated with a diamond a, a diamond light mesh that i love i love this pattern it's really pretty so i was thinking about using this pattern for my local color fiber studio but you as add those i could add some of this um self-dyed yarn into that mix so I've got a lot of fingering weight action. I'm just like looking at that, <laughs> at this in my room. I have washed all of the cormo from the dye class, and then I have uh, the three skeins. So the amount of yardage I have of these yards is pretty massive. Uh, two projects is not going, or three projects is not going to to go through even a portion of it.
1: Yeah, I'm now. I'm thinking like. How wide am I going to make my blanket? Um, I'm wondering oh. if I should do strips
0: and then some and them, seam yeah. mm-hmm. because
1: then it won't be so unwieldy to work on.
0: It also you don't have to guess at how many to cast on. Right. You could do a strip where you cast on thirty or fifty or something, right. and then um, see how much that yields you and.
1: And then you'll get even more color play when you seam it together.
0: Definitely will.
1: Hmm.
0: Without hmm. Doubt.
1: Because what I need is more colors in my 30-colored natural dyed blanket.
0: <laughs> it's interesting how we both are sort of leaning towards using it, This, these colors, in a form of color work. Yeah. Like not a traditional sort of uh, fair isle, but in, like, how do we let these colors interplay in a certain way.
1: Um, I think it's interesting, too, like, that you can get so many different variations of color um, by combining different, you know, already dyed shades, like the indigo. and, And it's interesting, like, how it's kind of an infinite number of combinations that could be made. So I think it's always interesting how like um, a dyer comes up with a set palette because it seems like the experiment, you know, experimentation is just endless. Like right. you could just constantly be making a new color every
0: day. Right. Absolutely. By just
1: being mad scientist.
0: Well, you know, and I think there's different ways of approaching it. And Brooke layers her colors, but um, someone asked, could you combine These botanicals. She's like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, you could choose to take X amount of cochineal and mix it with, I don't know, with indigo, but you could mix it with like cochineal and weld. I don't know what that would give you some sort of green? I don't know. Yellow? But,
1: like, like it, it kind of reminds me of mixing the fustic and the logwood to get, like, that right, army green, green color, mm-hmm. the
0: neutral, which was, like, pretty amazing. But you could decide to take the botanicals and mix them beforehand instead of layering them right. on top of each other. Which I guess is what, yeah, the fustic and the logwood were mixed together. Right. So. But, I mean, it, it just is amazing that you can, like. Stick to something. Yeah, Exactly.
1: I guess you just make a color that's so amazing, like Brooks vitamin C. <laughs>
0: and something she... that I, I was pulling Jenny back from the ledge, people. <laughs> back from the ledge. There were these like, two giant skeins okay. of
1: vitamin C in the Cormo fingering, and they were, like, so bright and enticing.
0: They and were so calling to you. They were very enticing, though, right? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. How could they not be? Yes. So... Um, speaking of color, well, you, because I think of, uh, Jill Draper as someone who is always playing with color. Yeah. Even though she has some set colors. Um, I think she does it in some interesting way. So I'm curious, Jenny, (laughs) about your recent encounter with Miss Jill Draper's. uh, So one day I was
1: trolling Etsy and I was like, you know, I have never actually knit with Jill Draper yarn. Wait,
0: I'm sorry. What? Yeah. But you have. That giant thing of Jill Draper yarn. Which I haven't knit yet.
1: Um, um. It was this... Yeah, I have a skein of Empire in, like, a fall leaf palette, which I still haven't done anything with, because it's, like, this totally 70s, like, like, variegated colorway.
0: Right. And I just can't
1: decide what... what to do with it.
0: I remember at one point, Cinnamon Girl was... Yeah, but I think it's too variegated.
1: Um, I mean, it is really variegated. Mm-hmm. So I haven't actually knit with it. Okay. So this is my second large I mean, I Jill Draper to, purchase. I have to
0: say, I have Jill Draper yarn in my stash, and that I have not knitted <laughs> So I am not really one to say anything at this point, but for some reason I thought that you had. I know. I was
1: telling Nicole before we started the podcast that she's, like, my my knitting confessor of <laughs> yarn purchases. Um, so I got her Olana fingering weight yarn, which is a single, and it is Cormo, Alpaca, and Angora. Oh, my gosh. And, oh gosh. Um, and it knits up to, like, I think a Sport DK weight. So I got it in this... Amazing color. Yes. It's actually a Nicole color. It is. What is it called? It's a very Nicole color. Um it is called. How come she she doesn't have the name of the color?
0: It might be. It's a lot of it
1: doesn't
0: say. Paprika! Oh, yeah. So it's like a reddish. Orange. An or orangey red. Yeah. I think it's more of an orangey red than a reddish orange.
1: Yeah. And so I got a sweater quantity, and I'm thinking about making Brickyard Elizabeth Doherty's new
0: mm. pullover.
1: Yeah, I um, love that.
0: Um, I love that yoke. Yeah, and that's a great color. For and it's like basically, Brickyard.
1: yeah, it's the color of the sweater. The
0: the, the sample. Yeah, the sample. Mm.
1: Um, maybe more orangey, but I I have yeah some trepidation. Cause then doing short rows in that pattern, the stitch pattern,
0: and makes she me will, a nervous. She'll, she's worked it out for you. Yeah, it's Elizabeth. She's not left any stone unturned. Yeah, I'm just like the, I you no.
1: Know, she her pattern writing is co- totally impe- impeccable. Like my problem is that I'm a bad follower of the uh. pattern. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can.
0: I'll tell a little story <laughs> about my bad powder bomb. Yes,
1: I tend to like not pay attention for great swaths of fabric, mm-hmm. and then you're like, no, um, yeah, but that's kind of my plan for for that yarn.
0: I um has it arrived? Yes. Oh, it's really nice. It's funny as Jenny came into so light. into my sewing room. She saw the swatch that I had made out of dyed for wool, is that what they're called? Um, That German yarn company that uh, she was so nuts about last year in that chainette. It's that chainette yarn, which
1: is merino, alpaca, Alpaca. and
0: silk? Is it silk or what was the third element? Oh my god, I love it. It's like so plush. It's really plush and it, um, it knits up into it says it's DK, but this is 18 I got an 18 over four, 18 stitches over four inches.
1: So, so funny. I'm such a tight knitter. I knit this at a gauge of 22.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow. Yes. Um, of course now. Oh, Nicole Marie Hunter. I did not indicate what size I... Did your needles work? <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I usually put knots in but I oh, I don't even have an excuse I don't know I did that on vacation uh, but probably, it was nice
1: to knit with huh yeah,
0: <laughs> sixes or sevens um, but as far as uh, forgetting how to follow a pattern I was knitting on this take it all shawl and I did the first part which is the gar- these garter stripes and for whatever reason I just went to – so I don't know. I went ahead in the pattern and just, like, knit another section. So it's supposed to – the second section is supposed to be some sort of mesh lace, and I did this uh, eyelet uh, pattern instead, which is in the pattern, but it's section four, not section three or section – I don't remember what section it was supposed to be. The pattern is quite long, and it's awesome because she both wrote out and charted everything. But it means that the pattern itself is, I mean, if you don't count page one or page 15, it's 13 pages long. So I think I just was like, this is what's next, and I started knitting. But as a result, that means I've been changing up stitch patterns entirely. Like, I am using, what for now, what is in the pattern, but I'm not doing them in the order in which they were written. And I actually think I'm going to do a second eyelet section. hmm wow. But I'm gonna do it, uh, something with like a three eyelets together, like what mm. do you know, it's called like a paw like print, like a cat's eye, yeah, a cat's eye, or yeah. something that looks. And I think I'm gonna do that in the green yarn, so it looks maybe like a little.
1: Or do you mean like um clustered together, so it's a cat's paw?
0: Yes, cat's yes. paw. Okay. Yeah, where they're yeah. like little three together, yeah. make a yeah. little triangle. Um, so there'll be a little more openness to it, but still have the feeling of the of the eyelet section yeah. so there'll be a little bit of a solid sense to it so i love uh, that yellow mesh oh thanks i think it's gonna be neat with the blue mesh so i took a vote on uh instagram and blue won overwhelmingly as the next color there were a couple other suggestions uh what a couple people said red i think one person suggested green but everybody else was like blue blue no question blue <laughs> um I had thought I was going to do this tomato orange mm-hmm. next, but I didn't. the orange and the pink need to be a, a little further away from each other. Right. They're too samey to be kind of that close. I think they need to be maybe the next one.
1: Yeah, I really like the use of the white and the gray. Oh, well, thank to you. To kind was, of break up the colors. I'm a
0: little nervous about using white. It's like, for me, a little bit like using garter stitch. You're like, well, shouldn't I do something more exciting than...
1: More fancy.
0: Do I really want to eat vanilla ice cream? Like,
1: Vanilla ice cream is delicious.
0: I know, but, you know, sometimes you think, ah, they had bay laurel. Maybe I should have bay laurel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very specific <laughs> joke about bay laurel ice cream, which you can get a mere half mile from my house, not far from the pickling store. <laughs> Yes, you've just entered an episode of Portlandia. <laughs> um, so, um, I also have this skein of yarn that I took out that is nutso.
1: Let's blow this popsicle stand. And
0: I bought this a couple of years ago from CJ Mitt. Um, and because... This def- is
1: insanity. It is
0: total <laughs> insanity, right? Yeah. Just, why what not you describe it for the people... <laughs>
1: It is, well, there's no primary color to this very primary variegated skein of yarn. So Mm -hmm. it has red, yellow, purple, pink, green, blue, orange, white, and white.
0: So, um, I don't think I said this, but Dagmar is going to use her skein, mini skeins, to make a confetti sweater, could Ooh, this be? Confetti? Could that go into a confetti sweater? If so, what would be the neutral to balance that out? Hmm. Because well, here this gray. Now we have the gray. This is a pretty dark gray. Feels too. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Maybe like a lighter heathery
0: gray. Maybe. about yeah. I mean, this is. Oh, I know. I tried it with this. Oh, uh, uh, the taupe. The taupe, but I don't think it works. No. I think black. You would need something be... to
1: kind of like tone it down. It. In... <laughs> <You think? laughs> like, suck the color <laughs> out of it. What would be the color vampire for this sweater? Or for oh. this yarn?
0: I mean, the other thing is to maybe not do a neutral, like not do a gray, but maybe.
1: I think you make these into a pair of socks.
0: It's 100% merino. They wouldn't be great socks mm-hmm. for very long. Okay. I mean, it could be a, a, a interesting as a crazy garter stitch scarf. Cowel?
1: Cowl. You could do that grid work cowl with um a solid contrast.
0: I could try a bunch of solid contrast, right? Like, yeah. I have this crazy. Mm-hmm. The highlighter yellow, the highlighter pink.
1: Yeah, if you just had this running and, like, a solid contrast change up every, like, three inches, that would oh, be pretty cool.
2: That
0: would be a very big cowl <laughs> because it is 500 yards. That's why I thought confetti uh, is such a, a massive amount of yarn, and it's hard to find. So you can make the whole—this is 500 yards? 500 yards. And I don't know 100%. I feel like I looked it up, and that was enough for my size for confetti. Wow. That is crazy. That's like,
1: I mean, you should make a confetti because you can.
0: Right? Like, (laughs) when is that going to happen? Yeah. Um, And if I'm going to do that, like, if I'm going to make confetti, might as well make it super cray. Even though the original confetti is a little more subdued.
1: Yeah, if you don't do the extreme A-line of confetti, if you kind of toned that down, you'd use even less yardage.
0: Well, so this is, I would say, for the medium, which I don't think I would even make a medium. No, no, I'd probably make the small. You only need 380 of the contrast. Yeah. So I have plenty. Like, I have more than enough. I could still then use some in that... How would have you used this purple? That is an excellent idea. And maybe I can get a sense of that with this purple. This is the dark indigo cochineal. A kind of a tan tan purple. I like that. That is possible. Hmm. So something fairly solid, but you could I could do like a Mad Tosh sock. Yeah, not that, not the logwood.
1: But no, like I think it has to be a darker, a darker purple. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Because I think that could be f- kind of fun.
1: Yeah. You know I love a pullover. <laughs> Although now I really want a
0: cardigan. <laughs> that's right. And still, that's a lot. Oh, no, that's total. So 930. So two skeins of sock would do fine. I feel like
1: you've got to have something in your stash.
0: It's 900 yards now. Two skeins. The only thing I have is uh, the re- Robin Red Breast, be- and I don't, I don't think that will <laughs> work. That would work. be
1: insanity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be total insanity. But I do have a purple that we could look at. Okay. Because oh. <laughs> there's a yarn avalanche. Nicole is killed by <laughs> yarn avalanche. <Adelaide. laughs> um. Well, this is Cascade 220 Sport, so that wouldn't work. I like that against this though. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's right. You could get a Cascade. Don't they make a fingering? Yeah.
1: The 220 fingering that's not 220 yards.
0: That is Jenny's looking at. This is Neighborhood Fiber Studios. Uh, What is that colorway called? It's the Rustic Fingering in Georgetown.
1: Georgetown is gorgeous.
0: And then this, which I've had for a long time. This is a Solstice Yarns of Purple, but that's only one skein.
1: I kind of want you to make confetti. <laughs> <laughs> you could totally make confetti with this and, like... With Georgetown? Something else.
0: That's um, pretty. Look this. Jamie's doing all these... Uh, color combination this is the Georgetown with uh, this is Brooks yarn that I now know was dyed with weld right I look at that I'm like oh I know you you're weld I don't know what this is this is another one of Brooks yarns this is a a sport weight yarn that uh, she said the person stopped producing it Um, this is also a cormo it's a nice it's a tightly spun cormo different it's a different kind of spin or spinning than the Cormo that uh, she produces now.
1: Hmm. Well, I think if you didn't want to buy yarn,
0: hmm and I wanted to, you could do it with Georgetown. Georgetown.
1: Yeah. But what were you planning with Georgetown?
0: Markley. That's my Markley yarn. And you have three skeins, so I would end up with a skein at the end
1: are you really gonna knit markley
0: theoretically i mean like i think about that sweater as an eminently wearable sweater it's the boxy that i feel like i could actually it's pull off
1: totally wearable
0: that's why right. i want to make brickyard it's uh, i i just don't believe that i could knit uh I, that i could putting... wear that i could wear uh boxy it's just too much too much fabric for me where i do think markley is something that i would wear um i mean it would be wacky i feel like this is a the markley the georgetown option is wackier than a purple purple really does tone it down a little bit serve as more of a neutral
1: I think the Georgetown needs to be a solid piece Mm
0: -hmm. because it's such a
1: beautiful color.
0: Just to give it, yeah, everything it deserves. It's so pretty. (laughs) (sighs) So a lot of dreaming. I haven't made a lot of progress on my second... Atelier sweater. I'm I'm under the arms, so I'm knitting the body right now. I have to say... Interminable. This, this exciting shawl has stolen my attention and reminded me why I became a monogamous knitter, um, which can be deadly in its own right. Right. But now that I have two projects going, it's easy to abandon one for
1: the yeah, other. totally. Yes. Yeah, I've got two going as well. And for a while, I had abandoned my fine sand cardigan... Um, because the two-color brioche was just too pretty to not, to stop knitting on. But now I'm back to trying to knit the body. And I've got at least six inches, eight inches, six inches, six inches, seven inches. Mm-hmm.
0: Only ten more to go! <laughs> I, um, I have to decide if I'm going to, for my um, Atelier sweater, do the garter stitch in the back which brings it in a little bit as a waist shaping method um i didn't do that with my original one it's because it's very drapey um it's 100 percent silk but i think this version would probably benefit from a little bit of shaping from the back um
1: yeah the other funny thing about this sweater is nicole (laughs) like measured flight gauge (laughs) getting like what did you get like six and a half to the Mm-hmm. what are you supposed, supposed to just to get 22
0: over 4 it's supposed to be getting 5 and a half instead of 6 and a half. Yeah. but it's linen right it's gonna just it's not gonna do anything but grow
1: okay you're fine okay. gah <laughs> <laughs> I tried it on I could get it on so consider that a victory
0: um I have not really been doing much in the way of sewing, I, unless you count the couple pairs of sweatpants of Adrian's I chopped off and turned into shorts. But, and I don't think I talked about this last time, I made a bathing suit. Did I talk about that? I don't think I so. I
1: don't think so, but it was awesome.
0: I did. I made a bathing suit. It was a moderate success. The bottoms were the Dakota um, swimsuit from Seamwork Magazine. And the top is something that, I would not recommend, because it was, like, indecipherable. It, I bought it this pattern because it was cheap. I won't even mention the name, partially because I don't remember what it was. But uh, it was... Um, I just didn't understand. The, the directions were very vague. The pattern, I was like, where am I supposed to be cutting for my size? It had two size things where it was, like, the band wasn't by inches. The band was, like, by by conventional sizes, like, 2 through 16. And then by cup size, and I was like, wait, what band of size am I supposed to be cutting? And what cup size? So I made it, and it was massive. So I just, like, lopped off five inches total. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we just got a note from our audience, our in-studio in audience. <laughs> um, we are awesomely hilarious. Aww. Hilariously awesome? I don't remember which one of those he said. <laughs> Um, so we, yeah, I had a lop off five inches, at least five inches. And then even still the under, under, uh, bust part, it's not, uh, the stretch is a little loose. Loose. It, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so I can wear it like in a hot tub. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could wear it like splashing around the river. But uh, next week we're going to Legoland and there's a water park. I do not think I will be embarking <laughs> on any water slides in my swimsuit. <laughs> yeah. I think I will wear my store purchased one piece <laughs> just for security. Too much risk. Uh, but it was really gratifying it was crazy it's like again, and you
1: used the, like this like day of the dead fabric which was awesome
0: so it yeah it's sugar skulls that i thought um i thought oh i i'm just gonna make a top out of that because i don't want it to stretch over my bottom half and then i was like oh screw it <laughs> and i uh, made it and it looks it looks good it looks super cute it's lined uh, i used power mesh to line it um yeah, it, I was a little worried that it might drag. Like the fabric ultimately wouldn't be water worthy, water mm-hmm. if that seaworthy. <laughs> right. So, uh, but it worked out great. Um, I'd like to make a a better fitting bathing suit in the future.
1: I have been. I made a couple of different groove dresses, oh. um, which is a pattern by a British designer. Um, and you found her on Etsy. No, she has her own website. Um, I think it's... Something made it. Made it? Made it Patterns. Uh, Um, So it's basically a really swingy dress, like a very exaggerated A-line t-shirt dress. It really is. Um, Very swingy. And so it has, like, five different neck options and five different, like... Well, not five different, but a bunch of different, like... um, length options, mm-hmm. and then I kind of made up a bu- a couple of different length options just to see what it looks like, because I'm still on this quest for, like, the perfect t-shirt for me.
0: mm mm-hmm. um, So you tried it as a t-shirt.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I made it as a high-low dress with a scoop neck, mm-hmm. and then I made it as, like, a tunic length dress with a scoop neck.
0: There are five neck options. Yeah. Round neck, cow neck. I. I mean, I I, I like that neck. Would you give yeah. that a try? Maybe I there's I think that the size that I
1: made is slightly too small because mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, I, I think it's supposed to be very fitted on the top because it's such an exaggerated A line on the bottom, mm-hmm. but like, it kind of rides up.
0: Yeah, and I'm constantly yanking it
1: down. So I, I, I think it's problem, too tight.
0: I have that problem with wovens. Huh. Uh, like with woven tops. One of the first woven tops I ever made, it kept doing that. And then it would like edge up and then it's just like sort of sitting on top of your bust. Yeah. And it creates like a lap.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having that problem only with knit spandex, which mm-hmm. is kind of annoying. So I think I either need to sew it in a bigger size. I guess that's what I should try next is sewing it in a bigger size.
0: Well, how, size. how do you like it as a t-shirt? Because there is like, really, as soon as it's under your arm size, it, widens out like I think it might
1: not be the ideal t-shirt for me mm. because it is still very A-line mm-hmm. at hip length and mm-hmm. it ends up just looking kind of maternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so the quest continues. Mm-hmm. I got the grain line lark pattern. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that they can make a good t shirt.
0: Well what that. what is what's the thing that you want that you're not getting? I want... I just want
1: a good t-shirt. But what is that like? Like a scoop neck Mm -hmm. option for short sleeves or long sleeves Mm -hmm. that is like body skimming but
0: not tight. Mm -hmm. I know people really recommend the deer and doe plantain pattern, which is a free pattern. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know if you've given that a try.
1: I have not.
0: Because that, um, a a number of people really like, I think that's Maggie's go-to t-shirt. Okay. Um, I don't really have a great go-to t-shirt. I, there's one that I've liked that's, um, a free pattern, but it's in one size. I don't know if you could easily adjust it called, um, Uh, just called like the scoop neck tee. And it was uh, the patterns by uh, top as a skirt, skirt as a, I can't remember. (laughs) She's got a funny name. Um, and I really, that's the one, do you know that shirt of mine that has the tropical birds on it? It's bright yellow. Yeah. And, that t-shirt is is a favorite of mine, but it does have like what you describe, a little bit of that riding up, and I think it has something to do with the arms more than how it fits across your chest. Yeah, and like it seemed
1: like the Groove t-shirt did like the armhole shaping was different for the front and the back, which made mm-hmm. me hopeful that it would be a better fit. Mhm.
0: Um but I'm still getting that. Do you choose based on This measurement or on um, the measurement of your bust or the high bust? I chose the size that I sewed based on my high bust size. Okay. So that should, that would be a little tight then, right? That would be small. Yeah, exactly. So maybe going up one size. Yeah. And plus,
1: like, I don't know. I've also gained some weight. I don't know if that has something to do with.
0: Might you want to try to draft a pattern?
1: Yeah. Cal, I mean,
0: Cal has instructions in her book for a t-shirt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So that's a thought. And then the template that you made of my Dolman t-shirt, mm-hmm. I actually really like, but I still haven't hit upon the perfect neck.
0: Right. What is the neck on the original? The original neck
1: is kind of a narrow scoop.
0: And um, it is, but it's a merino knit. Yes. So it has a different stability than, right. like, uh, other knits, right? Right, What was it? Was that a... So Jenny went to Stone Mountain yesterday. Sorry, I'm totally <laughs> telling on you. Oh! <laughs> so hey, I went out to get I some polyester
1: <laughs> thread because I've been, like, sewing all my knits with this cotton thread. Yeah. And, like, my seams have been just ripping right and left. Yeah. And so you need Nicole's, po- like... Just get some polyester thread. Oh
0: yeah, definitely um, for everything.
1: So I got some polyester thread, and with it I got two eye cat remnants and a couple of knits. Um,
0: there's eye cat remnants and I'm the so tee pattern. Heart <laughs> eyes. I know. I'm, I'm the- gonna
1: make eye cat shorts with Dude. an elastic waistband, since that's all I can wear these days. With patch pocket, Yeah. patch yeah, pocket Yeah,
0: yeah that's those will be cute.
1: Yeah, and then I I sewed another dress number one out of my other nanny eero. Oh, laws. but I was going to
0: ask about that knit fabric. It's uh-huh. a rayon. Is that what you said?
1: Um, the yellow is a rayon. The greenish yellow is a rayon knit, and it's like super soft. Okay. And the other knit I think is an art gallery mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. cotton spandex blend with just little stars all over it. That was cute. One. Super cute. Good basic. Um, I made one of the groove dresses in this mustard art gallery with like different moon phases on it, which also look like tortillas, (laughs) like round tortilla, half tortilla, taco, (laughs) (laughs) tortilla that's mostly eaten. (laughs) So I'm kind of sad that like I made this t-shirt that doesn't fit that well out of that awesome fabric, but
0: uh, sorry, I feel like something went wrong here. oh, no, it's okay okay I just like I think my stitch I only picked up one ply
1: I again. hate um I hate trying to read the edge,
0: yeah, this pattern is a lot of slipping on the edges, uh-huh. and just you just gotta remember to stay loose,
1: yeah, so I'm gonna try lark if Lark isn't my winner. <laughs> Then I'll try plantain. If plantain is not my winner, you're gonna draft her. I'm gonna draft my own. All right, I think that's a great plan. That's my plan. <laughs> and then I also made the espresso leggings. You did, which I just is your you know changed? I cut it out, and I just could not believe this is going to turn into <laughs> leggings. So the front crotch is like so shallow, mm-hmm. and I was like, "There's no way this and actually is back, works." Was your
0: back rise totally high?
1: Yeah, my back rise. Is I actually cut, cut really off high. like at like one and a half to two inches off the top because it just was so huge right yeah um I, I agree and then I made it out of this bamboo spandex and I love those leggings so much I like wear them constantly I didn't even like hem the bottoms because like
0: yeah you don't really need to yeah so the espresso legging pattern you draft based on your measurements. But what she has is this sort of grid grid, and you plot out your measurements on it and then draw the lines and then bingo, you have a pattern. It's super genius. Um,
1: yeah, it's very cool. And it's, it's like, I mean, it's, it, it is ingenious. I don't know how she came up with the original template though.
0: Like, I think it has to be a design school thing, like okay. a fashion school idea. I heard, um, Ceremie from Chicken Boots on um, the Stash podcast. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about a dream she had. Yeah, it was Ceremie. A dream she had about creating patterns, like basically like a business where she would create blocks for you and then you would build your patterns out. And I feel like that espresso pattern is the reverse of that. It's like a template for a block that anybody can um, make. For their body.
1: I just became friends with, um, I just started, not friends, but start following someone on Instagram and I wish that it would put the people that you're following in order of mm-hmm. how you I added, added them. them. I
0: know. Um, Instagram doesn't want you to know anything in chronological order. They want to throw you into a different time-space continuum. But it was
1: someone, a sewer from Portland, who's part of the sewy, like this curvy sewing collective, mm-hmm. and she is doing a Kickstarter where she is trying to make these PDF like she, she calls them, like, Krogans? Oh, uh, Krokoa. Uh, cro- right, yeah, uh, Some, yes. Yeah, something that I didn't know what it meant. But, yes. like, she's trying to create these, like, digital templates for people to put in their own measurements mm-hmm. and be able to basically sew clothes specifically for their body shapes based on their measurements.
0: I thought that a Krokoa... Croquois... <laughs> I don't but, know. I, <laughs> I thought that that was, like, the drawing that you use to like the design mm-hmm, to design yeah and right? i think
1: that it was for like designers to be able to design for different body shapes and know like have an idea of what of what that was going to look like what different shapes would look like
0: so I'm looking for a pronunciation of it. But it is a quick drawing of a live model. So it's to make sort of the body type model that you would then design on top of. And um, it's C-R-O-Q-U-I-S. Croquis? Let's see. Croquis is how.
1: All right. So it's just dictionary. for, I guess, sketching your designs mm-hmm. that she made this Kickstarter. I thought it was a kind of cool idea. I
0: think for um, if you are designing for yourself or um, I remember reading in threads once about using your croquis to then take designs from like a pattern uh, picture on front of a pattern package and put it sort of on top Mm -hmm. of your your outline to see Mm -hmm. like, okay, what would this dress look like on top of my body type
1: mm-hmm.
0: somehow I don't remember reading about that but it huh. feels a little beyond it feels kind of complicated it feels like one one step beyond where, where where we are where I am right now a couple where steps. I
1: don't even like measure gauge
0: watch <laughs> 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 um, yeah alright so that is where we are um, I'm going to go all over my hands <laughs> and
1: blue nails.
0: Blue nails. Yeah, I do. I love that there's this picture in Christine's book where her hands are just completely blue. I would kind of love that.
1: I thought your neighbor's kid was going to come out blue.
0: <laughs> it was going, yeah, I think it's just like one dip. But the problem was is that yesterday my neighbor's kid was in my backyard and that pot was empty. And so we were talking into it and hearing, the, listening to the echo. So I'm sure he's like, hey, I know what this is. It pulls it off, it's filled with indigo His poor dad. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So, um, thanks for listening. Yes. And um, we are. We'll be back at you.
1: Yeah. Before too long. All right. Hopefully.
0: Take care. Bye. Bye.
2: Chub, rub, the day is just heating up. So, what? These boy shorts are in.